This week's podcast brought to you by Teensplaining. Every single day after she wakes up, our nine-year-old comes into the room, looks at us earnestly and says, what are we going to do today? And I've just gotten to the point where I say, kid, I don't have any idea. Yesterday being the first day of spring break and it pouring rain all day and we try to persuade her, oh, we'll find something to do fun inside. And then the power goes out. Has no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Every night when I talk to my dad, he says, So what's new? And I kind of feel that way right now when I respond to him and say, what could possibly be new? Nothing. We are entering week five. So we've completed four weeks of the quarantine. What would you call it? Um, I don't know. Are you keeping track of the weeks now? Yeah. Well, I I had to look at my calendar to see. But yes, we've... um, we are into week five. I mean, what else is there to do but keep track of? Well, you the say weeks? we've completed. Like, like you're, you, 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 you are so, you so love organization and keeping your day plan and all that. And that you're, you're kind of, yeah, like filling in the boxes of. Well, how else should I say it? We, we have. We've. We, it's been. It's just been four weeks of the quarantine. I, li- I like to think of it more as we've completed. Because it feels like then we've accomplished something. We've completed four weeks of this. In the same way that I, I like to say that I'm, what I'm doing during the uh, self-quarantine is, is I'm growing a beard. Because it makes me feel like I'm doing something active. Growing is an action verb. And I'm growing a beard. It makes me feel like I'm actually growing. I mean, your body is accomplishing something by well, it, pumping out that. It, it's actually doing less than I would ordinarily do by shaving. Right, true. I like the I like the bearded look on you. I wonder how many people, how many men, out there are growing beards. It is a thing during this self quarantine, isn't it? Most men are. Most men. Many men. I don't know. What do you think the percentage? Many, is? many manly what men. Think, what do you think the percentages of people who are? Because um, it's high, like on my social media feeds. So, what do you think the percentages of men who are just letting, who haven't had beards previously, who are just letting themselves? I don't know, be- because, because as my beard grows, this is the XY axis, as my uh, axis, as my beard grows, yeah. my, my presence on social media diminishes <laughs> right. proportionally. I don't know what the connection is, but during but this quarantine, I've, been, I've been, found myself less and less uh, on that uh, instrument of the of Satan. I've, I've been <laughs> I've been on it more in the in the last two weeks just because um, there's nothing else to do the, well that and uh, the the WNBA draft is Friday so if people people are listening this week which is the week of April 14th there's finally a live sor- sporting event sort of on Friday as the WNBA draft is being broadcast on ESPN at from 7 to 9 p.m. It's actually kind of a big deal for us because the the draft has never been on ESPN. It's been on ESPN2 for the first hour and then the second hour it usually goes to ESPNU or to NBA TV or somewhere like that. So not only are we on ESPN doing a virtual draft, um, 
but we are on for the full two hours. I will be in uh, the Bristol studios, as will Ryan Rucco. Um, Holly Rowe will be doing um, interviews from her home in Utah. Sue Bird will actually be in the studios because she's been quarantined in Connecticut this whole time. And, With um, the exception of Sue, it's like a, a ball and chain a green room. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, exactly. Because uh, both Ryan and Holly have been on, yeah. Is Sam Farmer joining you on the <laughs> WNBA draft? Maybe he'll be a special guest. And then uh, Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA, will be making the announcements of the selections, I believe from her home, but from a, from a, a location in the New Jersey, New York area. And then all a uh, bunch of the uh, projected first round draftees uh, will be in their homes uh, to do uh, interviews. Uh, yes. Is Kathy Engelbert in, uh, under some kind of uh, uh, government protection from her home in the New York, or from from her home or or another location in the well, New York, New Jersey area. <laughs> well, they haven't announced where she um where P- she's doing it from, from Fort yet. Knox. All, all they've said is a remote location, so I assume it's her home, but it might not be her home. Maybe it's the NBA offices. I actually honestly don't. Will know the exactly picks be delivered to her? Be. In an aluminum briefcase, yeah. handcuffed to somebody's no, from, from, uh, from the accounting firm of <laughs> even Price better, Waterhouse. Each team has one of those tubes, like at the drive-through. A pneumatic um, tube at the bank. Yeah, at the bank, yeah, and then and she's going to whoosh. <laughs> yes, how great would that be if we had that sound effect? By the way, how great are those things? And they still exist. They're like a 1930s, 40s technology. Yeah, it's so you could have, I guess, more than one drive-through lane. Because if you had the one, they just and had, I, you know, the little thing I, you I put in. I understand the reason, but did but, you ever um, go to the drive-through with your mom when you were a kid? Oh, I thought it was the coolest. It was the thing coolest ever. thing ever. Yeah. And I think my mom also thought it was the coolest thing ever. You'd unscrew the lid. Yeah. And then you'd stuff the, the stuff deposit slips in there. You and know then what, we'd go. Whoosh. You know what drive-through I never went with my parents. Um, as a younger kid was a fast food. No, neither did if, I. If, if, and, and we rarely, rarely did we have fast food. But if we did, we were sitting down and eating that meal. Of course, meal. dining like we in. we were out at a restaurant. Yes, I guess it is a restaurant. But yeah, we, we would dine in um, us- more often. If it was dinner at a fast food place, it was Burger King. Imagine it, if, if... Hold one, one second. Okay. But if it was lunch... For some reason, and then it was McDonald's. I don't know how how Burger King qualified for dinner, (laughs) but McDonald's only qualified for lunch. It was a a classier dining experience because you could have it your way. (laughs) Hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, special orders don't upset us. And at least in our Burger King, they had a corner table which had a booth that was, you know, shaped like a U or an L. And so our family of five, a family of very tall five people, could fit there. Uh, McDonald's didn't have that corner booth, um, so you just had to sit at the normal, normal tables. Perhaps that was what distinguished one from the other in terms of a lunch establishment or a dinner establishment. And yet, and yet, your father or brother also, I'm sure, feared being recruited as a McDonald's clown, <laughs> given their foot size. They were the only ones who could fit Ronald's size 16 shoes yeah, right yeah i suppose so the other i think we may have talked about this before but the other real treat like if we were going out to dinner as a family the real te- treat was to go to a big boy and for us it was abdow's big boy and he had the big boy outside up front and not usually bob's? a friday huh not bob yeah no it was abdow's i don't know i don't know why it's because the franchisee was yeah named abdow. and um you know, the kids, you'd ha- get yelled at for climbing on the big boy as you're waiting outside to get seated. Um, yeah, usually a Friday. And, uh, and you know, we all knew my mother, of course, was going to upgrade to the salad bar. <laughs> that was her big thing. She that was an upgrade? The, yeah. I know. It was like a 
$1.99 upgrader. I don't know what it was, but she would uh, upgrade to the salad bar. And then when she came back to the table, we would all give her a hard time because she would have this huge salad on her plate because she was going to get her money's worth out of that uh, out of that upgrade. But anyway, <laughs> what, was, on what was your big night out as well, a kid? Like, as a little kid, the big ones were Mr. Steak. Did you have Mr. Steak out here? No, we oh didn't. Oh, my gosh, Mr. Steak. Is that like a Ponderosa? What's what's that uh, like? Yeah, but it was it was it was it was Mr. Steak. People will. <laughs> there wasn't a Miss Steak, which would have been a bad it would name have been for much a restaurant. Better. Yeah. What the, what Mr. was steak? your go to? What Mr. Steak? Yeah. Steak. Okay. Yeah, because like when we 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 like when we were at Abdows, we would not get burgers or something like that. We were my dad's big thing there. My mom never made this at home. My dad, for him somehow, this is a treat. I think he would order liver and onions. Smells horrendous and tastes horrendous. Probably, but but, um, but at a big boy, I'm sure it's. Mwah. Yeah, and um, sometimes you could. I think it might have been an upgrade too. You get the side of like the sautéed mushrooms. <laughs> second wrong. <laughs> so what was your what well, was well the big one? Shakey's Pizza was uh, was the other big treat, and and at Shakey's Pizza you got a styrofoam straw in quotation marks boater hat. You know, like a, like you're a, in a barbershop quartet or something, and and usually before you got home, your brother had taken a bite out of the brim or punched a hole in the crown of that hat. But uh, but Shakey's had a, it had a you know um, like a little uh, jug band washboard kind of thing stage that you could get on, and um, and it was uh, ye old pizza house, Shakey's man. Did your parents let you have any input into the kind of pizza you got? Because mine did not. We we never, I think I've talked about this before, we by, never. By, by the way, if I may interject, where else can you get this kind of WNBA draft preview coverage? <laughs> we never had um, frozen pizza. We've talked about that before. So my parents would order pizza. We didn't eat in pizza places. We would They'd get it to go, again, as a treat on a Friday night, and maybe we'd even get to have soda. But um they never asked us what kind of pizza do you want. They brought home the pizza. They want. They decided remember, what they wanted for pizza, and they brought it home, and we ate it, and we loved it. I remember every once in a rare while, and it was it was uh, it was like Mardi Gras or VE Day when it happened. My parents brought home a bucket of chicken. Ooh, from, fried chicken from the Colonel. Yeah. No, we didn't. We didn't have it. Ordinarily, we our fried chicken was banquet frozen fried chicken. Our um our treat of fried chicken was from the local grocery store because we didn't have any KFCs anywhere around us. But anyway, back to the WNBA draft. Since this is a big sporting event, we've got on Friday nine o'clock or seven to nine p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Um, it's actually going to be a lot of fun. The number one pick is going to the New York Liberty, and most likely will be Sabrina Ionescu, the the amazing player out of Oregon. Number two will be most, most likely, most certainly, likely, right? certainly, yeah. Number two will most likely slash certainly be her team, Oregon teammate, Satu Sabali, who is a German player, 6'4", wing player, um, supremely talented. Um, number three. To who? Who gets them? Oh, three? number two is to Dallas. So the wing player will be? The wing player, yes. Will be a wing player. Will be a Dallas wing. Um, and the Indiana Fever have the number three pick, and people assume that they are going to take Lauren Cox, who is a terrific post player from Baylor, but they could also potentially take Kennedy Carter, who um, who is an early entrant from Texas A&M. Uh, and then four, uh, the fourth pick is the Atlanta Dream, um, who could also take Kennedy Carter if Indiana doesn't. Anyway, it's uh, it. it it's going to be a lot of fun. The first hour of the draft from 7 to 8 is the first round. Um, there's also going to be uh, 
the, the WNBA is going to do something honoring uh, Kobe Bryant, Gigi Bryant, and, and the other um, kids who were, who were killed uh, a couple of months ago in the helicopter crash um, from from the uh, Mamba basketball team. So anyway, it's, it's going to be a, an event worthwhile. So um, if you're home doing nothing on Friday, which most of you probably if you, are. If you're out and about, then you can record it. Yes. But if you happen to be home... <laughs> It's it's so good you might want to record it anyway, but uh, but yeah, we're we're excited about it. We're hoping in these very trying times for a lot of people, at least for these draftees, um, one thing doesn't change, and that's the the women who are drafted um, on Friday will have a lifelong dream come true, and it's not very often that you get to watch someone have their lifelong dream come true, and. Um, that's why it's one of my favorite events to cover. Uh, you know, usually we're with the, these players as this is happening. This time that it'll be remote, but we'll still get to see their reactions, the reactions from their families, and it's a moment of joy in a otherwise um, sort of difficult week five. <laughs> and a lot of these uh, lesser milestones are passing for kids and others, and obviously it's uh, it's trivial in the scheme of what's happening throughout the world. But um, but important to them in their own lives are eighth graders. You know the eighth graders who have gone K through eight um, get a lot of special. Uh, you know they get to graduate, they get a graduation, they get to end school a week earlier than the rest of the school. They get a field trip to New York City. All of that stuff is either canceled or in jeopardy. And um, not the graduation. I, I think they'll find a way to do that that but the field trip and all that um high school seniors of course um high school juniors i don't know what they're doing we don't have a high school junior about testing and college visits and all that sort of thing um you know so something like the draft which as you say is once in a lifetime for these athletes some of whom the two oregon players you mentioned certainly um would have been competing for a national championship as well um and that's gone away obviously it's it's nice that um, they can still have the draft yeah and it's kind of sweet because holly rose has been doing these great interviews for uh, with the top uh prospects for the past week leading um leading up to this draft and um and some of them including ruthie hebert another oregon player have mentioned that they're going to still dress up in their draft day outfits which is um it's just sweet. I mean, you know, they're going to do everything they can to make this moment what it should be for them. And that includes wearing the draft day outfit that they what picked up whoever knows how long ago. So, um, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be a nice event. Speaking of draft day outfits, wearing it from home on Zoom for the draft or whatever, however they're doing it. Um, there was some talk in our house of the kids dressing up for Easter because if it were an ordinary Easter they'd put on an Easter dress and they'd they'd be excited at least to wear something an Easter hat my mom was big when she was still alive my mom was big on the Easter hat so she used to always um, buy our daughters um, their Easter outfit which always included an Easter hat but is anybody dressing up at home I'm curious I, I think I read somebody in a newspaper or on on social media or something somebody saying they were going to dress up for a date night or something at their at their house that that certainly hasn't happened here and in fact on Easter Sunday the kids did not dress up they were in sweats and but you know what I don't know if you've noticed that the last couple of days our 13 year old and our nine-year-old daughters share a room and um, which often leads to contentious 
um, arguments and it's not always harmony, the two of them coexisting in that room. But a couple times they've come down and one of them said, you know, I let, you know, my sister dress me or, or she picked out my clothes. And so while they haven't been dressed up in dresses, they've been wearing like their best pair of jeans or a nice top. And it hasn't just been leggings and a sweatshirt or a t-shirt. I think those two, one of the things that's become part of um, the day for them is, you know, let's pick out each other's clothes or something like that, which is kind of sweet. And <laughs> I, speaking of draft day outfits, my brother who has three sons stopped by and gave us some clothes for our one son that their their youngest has grown out of and included in there was a nice black suit which happens to fit our son beautifully and he put it on and was walking around calling it his draft day suit so <laughs> that's the one time uh, he's been in anything other than just shorts or sweatpants was when he tried on to see if it fit his draft day suit. well maybe one day this week or it won't be this week because Kids are on spring break this week. They don't have school. You're preparing for the draft. I have some stuff to write, but we're trying to do that around some makeshift spring break for these guys. So far, we've not figured anything out, No, a place to go or something to do. But uh, but maybe one day next week, um, I'll put on a suit to sit down to write, and, and our son can put on a suit to, quote, go to school. And um, We'll mix it up a little. We could have, instead of a dress-down day at school, like our oldest at her uh, Catholic school, sometimes on Fridays they can pay to have a dress-down day. Maybe we'll make the kids pay to have a dress-up day. (laughs) We'll all put on our our Sunday finest. I get to dress up on Friday for the draft. I'm I'm excited about that. And, oh, I'll have the rollers in my hair again because I have to do my own hair and makeup. Grandma rollers. My grandma rollers will be in. I'll have to see if I want to... wear them to the studio because actually the show's not till seven but we have to get there really early we, i think i have to be there around four o'clock to rehearse which means for my hair to be the way i need it to be i might have to do all the rehearsals wearing the grandma rollers so um we'll give that a shot too <laughs> and one of the big huge news developments in our house this week is uh, one of our neighbors has challenged us Ah. to a, a puzzle competition. Um, the rule that he, he, he somehow, when puzzles are hard to come by, he somehow, uh, I assume by accident, the same way you got 20 gardening gloves, he got two of the exact same puzzle. And he, he suggested that we meet in the library parking lot at 40 paces so nobody comes near each other. He'll leave one of the puzzles. I'll pick it up. And then Saturday, I don't know why, how he chose this time, but Saturday morning at 11 a.m., the clock will start. And he can have as many family members as he wants work on his puzzle. We can have as many family members as we want work on our puzzle. And um, the first one to complete the puzzle wins. And we had an unusual one this week when we completed a puzzle. It was missing two pieces, two two adjacent pieces, which is somewhat suspicious, and, and we believe that, that our dog ate those two pieces when they were, when they were connected. But there was, a, there was a, an additional a piece that we had already placed. An extra an piece. An extra piece that, that was from the puzzle. That piece had already been placed, but a, a copy of that piece was, was also in the puzzle. So does Weird. that mean somebody else got a puzzle missing one piece that 
the extra piece that we have. I mean, it's it's truly uncanny. This was a new puzzle. This was not a puzzle we borrowed from someone. Granted, our oldest daughter had opened it up because it's her puzzle. She opened it up first in her room and it had been on the floor of her room. So it could have easily... And the dog um, got in there and, and it, ran yeah, away. That That's a potential reality of what happened i also was in there one day after you had taken the puzzle away and was vacuuming and heard something go up the vacuum you actually went and opened the vacuum bag though right and rummaged through it to see if the puzzle piece was in I did. there but and i didn't rummage wasn't. through the uh n- not to return to last week's theme show but i didn't rummage through the dogs right uh, but it's still it's uncanny the um the amount of puzzles we've done that then have missing pieces well i, I wanted somebody sent in jerry with a g sent in this cartoon to ballandchainpod at gmail.com and it's a, it's a guy sitting at a bar with a mug of beer and sitting next to him with a half mug of beer is a half in the bag puzzle piece and the guy says what are you doing here and the puzzle piece says driving someone crazy right about now <laughs> so true so perfectly true. So we'll see uh, who wins that puzzle competition and and who um, actually has a complete puzzle. We'll have two identical puzzles, and uh, we'll see if... Without it, question, we're going to end up a piece or two short. No question. Uh, while we're on the, the niche subject of puzzle cartoons, our friend Brian also emailed us a puzzle cartoon, a different one. And uh, it's a woman being led away by a police officer in handcuffs, and the detective is uh, a, a detective is talking to a uh, another police officer. There are there are two shoes on the floor, face up, clearly a dead body, and the um, the detective is saying, "Evidence suggests she was working on the puzzle. Got up to make tea. Husband enters." And puts the last piece in. <laughs> so exactly, oh, right. exactly our house, except the scenario is reversed because the wife enters and puts the last piece in. Last week on the podcast, I talked about um, rushing, off, my friend texting me and rushing off um, and still in my workout clothes, sweaty, to get paper towels um, at, at a grocery store. Uh, about ten minutes away, and 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 the quality of the paper towels was not good. They were they were. <laughs> now that we've tested them out, we were accurate when we first looked at them and and figured they were going to be terrible paper towel paper towels. Well, yesterday, because it was Monday yesterday, as we record this, I was doing my weekly grocery shopping. I'm a Monday grocery shopper. I was you know getting the stuff I need to get, which now by the way I feel. Um, my my cart is overflowing, so when I'm leaving, I need two carts to push it to push it out the door. But as I'm just going down the aisle. I look, and they've got a good supply of not only paper towels but the good ones, good paper towels. So I did get um, a backup package of the good paper towels. But the week before, I'm rushing out of the house and and you know speeding to the grocery store. This week, they just happen to have. They're them. still weirdly out of certain things. Ice cream. Right. This grocery store is out of ice cream. The other one was spaghetti? stocked full. Still, still, um, yeah. <laughs> I bought spaghetti. I was like, oh, look, they've got plenty of spaghetti um, on otherwise empty pasta shelves. And then when I went to cook it last night, I realized the reason they had the spaghetti was because in it was four inch letters across the box, it that says that I had never noticed gluten free. Gluten free. So we had gluten free spaghetti. It was actually it's quite good. Quite good. 
Um, so I would not hesitate to purchase the gluten-free spaghetti again. Um, and the other thing, everybody is wearing their masks as, as they should be. I was wearing my mask. But it begs the question, because you and I have seen this while driving. We saw, well, first ask this question. Why would anybody be driving in their car alone wearing a mask? Once you get in the, in the car, you're, it's only your breath. It's only uh, your germ. You I can, can take the mask off. I can offer a possible answer. Okay. Because we've I did seen this. it. I went to pick up, take out pizza last week. I put on a mask to go in. And when I came out with my hands full carrying the pizza, I put it in the car. And I turned on the car. And as I started to pull away, I went to remove my mask and realized that I couldn't get it off my face without also taking off my glasses. And I couldn't, of course, take off my glasses without going blind. So that might be one so explanation. You drove, so because you, your glasses were on top I was of able the to, mask. I was able to remove it off of my nose and mouth and wear it as a chin strap on a 1970s football helmet. Okay. Well, many people are driving in their cars wearing their masks with no glasses. We also saw and a guy This is cycling. the one that gets me. Yes. We saw a guy cycling wearing his mask. And where we live, it is, um, there's not a lot of foot traffic. There's not a lot of cycle traffic. There's not a lot of people. There's not a lot of traffic, period, now. So uh, th- why you would need to, unless you had nowhere else to put it, unless you had no pocket to put it in, but it didn't make any sense. And, and speaking of not a lot of traffic, we were out on our front steps the other day. You were trying to teach me to play Phase 10 with this our This is with our Easter nine-year-old. Saturday? And we heard a cacophony of horns, sirens, something uh, major must have happened, and it was getting closer. And then we realized, because nothing has happened for weeks, and the town was all abuzz, that it was a fire truck parade, right? Well, the only really reason we realized it is a friend of mine texted me and said, has the fire truck been by your house yet with the Easter bunny on it? I said, what are you talking about? And um, because I'm not on Facebook. And she said, I'm following along and it it looks like it's coming towards your house, the the fire truck with the Easter Bunny on it. So we got all the kids. We went outside. And right then, coming up our street was two fire trucks, right? And our street ends, at the end of our street is a cul-de-sac. So we knew we were going to get two bites of this hard-boiled egg. And so the, the fire truck and an ambulance went up the street with the Easter Bunny waving, and it came back down the street with the Easter Bunny waving, and everybody was out in their front yards. And it, it, it was like the Apollo 11 astronauts going through the Canyon of Heroes in Manhattan with a ticker tape parade. Yeah. It was that much excitement, that much uh, a, a cathartic release of joy, right. and then it, it was over. It was really and we all lovely. returned to our to our, to our mundane. Caves. I know. It was a beautiful day. It was lovely. It was one of those moments where I was totally my mother because when I was a kid, there would be different things happening and all of a sudden my mother, her eyes would be filled with tears and you'd be like, why are you, why are your eyes filled with tears? Well, I don't know why, but when the, the fire truck with the Easter bunny on it and the ambulance went by, my eyes were full of tears. And I think maybe just for that reason that you said, there's all of our neighbors out in their front yards. Everyone's cheering and clapping, appreciating um, what these people are doing. It was a nice. A sailor kissed a nurse in the <laughs> middle of the cul-de-sac. <laughs> she kicked her a- leg against up all social her. distancing. Uh, 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 it was uh, it was very nice. Well, um, speaking well, of no, there's no traffic. Yeah. Oh, you were you were going to say something. Oh no, go. You with had the a no gem traffic. that you wanted to share. No, the, um, I just realized the other day as one of our kids, one of our older two 
both our teenagers was explaining something to me with complete contempt and attitude. Teensplaining? Yes, exactly. Forget the whole mansplaining. I can handle mansplaining a lot easier than I can handle teensplaining. I was looking at whichever one of them that was and just thinking, oh, I'm sure I was like this. I'm sure I was like this. But uh, when I was a teenager, but man, <laughs> teensplaining is not my favorite thing. <laughs> What was she teensplaining you, though? I don't know. I don't know if it was a technology thing. It wasn't a technology thing. She wasn't trying to help me with a iPhone or something. I, um, I don't know if it was about a TikTok dance. I don't know if it was about a song. I don't know what it was about. It was something that perhaps it was just about life in general, matter. a life yes. lesson of some sort. Yeah, it, and that's the thing. Like if 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 it's something that they might know more about than we do, it's one thing. But yeah, when it's like a life thing, <laughs> kid enough i think i knew enough to just like turn around and walk away <laughs> there is no traffic there is no rush hour therefore there are no people in their cars listening to podcasts presumably yes with that in mind shall we go directly to the viewer mail please big bad look throw our lure reel us in with your viewer mail Okay, I'm, I'm going to be reading these in real time. Uh, I'm just going to go in chronological order. June writes, Hi guys, I heard you talking about card games. I have one you need to try. Five crowns. I think you'll like it. Yes, it can get competitive, but that's part of the fun. Give it a try and let me know what you think. Keep up the good work, by the way. Love the conversation today about dog poop. <laughs> well, all right. So See five that? crowns. Do you know five crowns, Rebecca? I don't know five crowns, but again, if it's competitive, we're going to immediately lose one of the members of our family in her willingness to play. Okay, this next one comes from Miriam. And uh, Miriam, and she puts parenthetically, same as Dr. Siegel's granddaughter. Okay. So, and Miriam is in Washington State. Dear Rebecca and Steve, I first began listening to you last fall when I saw Rebecca post about the pot on her Promise 50 Instagram page. Sorry, I was late to the party somehow. Our family are big WNBA fans. Go Seattle Storm. I'm a fan of Rebecca from when the WNBA first started, and we now really enjoy listening to her call WNBA Games. My daughter heard me listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, and she immediately recognized Rebecca's voice. I was only familiar with Steve as I had heard several times the story of how you two first met. Glad it ended up working out for you, Steve. <laughs> It did work out pretty but well. But apparently for not for you, Rebecca. <laughs> Wanted to write and say thank you for keeping me company these last few weeks of quarantine as I've been listening to all your old episodes from the beginning. You've now kept me company through four closet cleanouts and one pantry. Could have been four pantries at this point, you would think, of quarantine. Right. Uh, in one of our kids' closets, I even located three half-deflated or inflated, depending on how you look at it, Seattle Storm Bam Bams, still, still holding out hope for this season. The episode that caused me to laugh out loud for a good five minutes was the one where Rebecca made a beef noodle soup and Steve served the kids the dinner using a slotted spoon. <laughs> you did do that. That actually happened, and I'm still trying to work out what I was thinking. Listening to you, <laughs> listening to you both reminds me of my own nearly 15-year marriage. I always tell my kids, if you get the chance, marry the funny one. Well, I think I did that. <laughs> By the way, we celebrated our 17th anniversary on Easter Sunday. We did. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary we to you. We agreed to I, I should um, have said that to you on Sunday, but... I did. I said it to you on Sunday as well. I, I said I should have said that to you on oh, Sunday. You but we agreed have, to yeah. what? What did we agree to do? We agreed to um, get each other a gift when uh, when stores are open again. <laughs> the quarantine's lifted. 
Uh, one, on Monday night, writes Miriam, my daughter and I went for a walk in the late evening as the nights have been clear here in the Seattle area. My daughter was on her scooter and I was walking behind. As my daughter approached a cul-de-sac and entered it to ride the long way on her scooter, I made the quick decision to sprint to the other side in an effort to beat her to the other side. She realized a couple of moments too late. As I reached the other side, beating her, I threw my hands in the air and exclaimed, Mama still got it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I got a good laugh while listening to the pod this week and hearing there was another mom all the way across the country exclaiming the same phrase. So she did this, Rebecca, before you did. This is so great. No, I think she's doing it because I did. I think this is catching on. It's a thing. My husband and kids have been keeping busy dissembling their expert level Lego sets and reassembling them. We have a large collection as Legos... Uh, of Legos so we can quickly replace any missing pieces unlike your puzzle situation. That's what we need. We need a national uh, puzzle arsenal where missing pieces or duplicate pieces can be swapped and you know what? I wonder put if, where they're needed. I wonder if this would be a thing at some point in the future when people are um, do- living life again. If you had a 3D printer, you could probably print off the puzzle piece that you needed. There's probably a way to do it. Anyway. That's a good idea, actually, because the one puzzle that we completed with two missing pieces is of Cape Cod. And we and love it. We love it, and we love Cape Cod, and, and it's a summer uh, hangout, and we wanted to frame that puzzle, glue it together and frame it. But we have those two missing pieces. I say we do it. It makes it, it, makes just, it even better. It yeah. makes it even better. Well, while we're on this theme, let's go to – let's go um, just because the, the – the subject header is catching my eye here. Mmm, Mama made a good cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, see, I told you it's catching on. And this comes from our our uh, our uh, alliteration correspondent, Pete in Pacific Palisades. Ah. Then he will uh, will love the the popping on that. Uh, well, he's he's going to he's going to be able to say this again next week because Stephen Rebecca, great show as always. I'm thrilled to be mentioned again. I especially enjoyed hearing about Rebecca's third person mama musings. And as I heard it, it struck me that mm, mama made a good cup of coffee would be a fun advertising tagline for a testimonial ad on the podcast. All you need is a coffee sponsor. Denny? Denny, work on that. What was your parents' uh, uh, coffee brand. My my Less parents were Folgers, Hills right? Brothers. What Hills Brothers with like a with like a, a monk or something on the with a, like a robed gentleman on the. I remember my parents can. having like a round plastic red thing. I think that's Folgers. I think they drank Folgers. My parents did not have expensive taste. I don't think you could. There was a lot of Folgers had Folgers had either. the crystals. I think they drank Folgers, but I'm not quite sure. What was the one? Because we also I remember having a coffee can forever in the garage that you put the extra nails or something in, and that one was yellow and brown. Yeah, that or was yellow and yeah, blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, um, the the cans were always repurposed, of course. Oh yeah, uh, you you never threw away the coffee can. You were putting something in it. What's that song? Uh, Lord knows I'm a lucky man. God's given me a pretty good hand. Got a wife and a piece of land. A few dollars in a coffee can. <laughs> I don't know. Old but, truck's still running good. But Ticker's wh- ticking like they say it should. I guess oh, I can't right. sing this. We'll have to play, pay to ASCAP. So. Um, but the one thing that you know for sure is if I tried to say the words, I would mess them up. <laughs> well, well, listen to this. So Pete writes, it would be especially good because I bet... I bet you dollars to donuts, as my Boston bread mother liked to say. There is no way, in all caps, that Rebecca could say the key tagline, mm, Mama made a good cup of coffee during a live testimonial ad on the podcast without laughing uncontrollably, which would make the ad entertaining. You want to try to say that now? I don't think I should. Uh, you don't, don't think, think you I should? should. You're not going to be giving it. No, we couldn't <laughs> attach it to a it. brand. What's you, that? You, you, we couldn't but attach Mama it. does make a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Mama does make it. He, he cites the uh, many advertising slogans of the 70s and 80s in my two memoirs. Or should I say, writes Pete, his first two memoirs, which raises the question, how many memoirs can a sports writer write? I'm hoping for at least three. How many 
memoirs. Can a sports writer write? If, if a, sports a sports writer, writer could, could write, write memoirs. <laughs> if a sports writer could write Yid. Well, thank you, Pete. Um, I'm hoping there's at least one more in me. Greg in St. Louis. I know Greg in St. Louis. Um, says there are, is says phase 10 variant. You talked about phase 10, the card game that you're enjoying. Yes. Uh, phase 10 variant. It sounds like a, like some kind of apocalyptic outer space uh, yes, plan nine from outer space. Phase 10 variant. Uh, he has a list of, uh, an entire list that he and his wife, uh, their favorite game is phase 10. However, we find the original phase is a little stale. Here's one of our favorites when we want to change it up. And he has 10 phases with a completely different set of Phase one, six cards of one color. Phase six, one run of nine, and oh, so they on. Just, is it one he's written out himself? Like Absolutely. they just make it up so themselves? Of course, that, that obviously you. you can do that. That's a great idea. Denise uh, writes, the first sort on a rainy day. I wish I had Rebecca's help. I kind of underestimated how many tree pieces there would be in a seaside puzzle. Your resident birder listening for migrants while sorting. Denise and Glastonbury. And here she encloses a photograph. She has done the dirty work that you do of sorting puzzle pieces. And if I had a better Wi-Fi connection right now, I would be able to uh, call this photo up. But I'm going to take her word for it while we're on the podcast. We'll see it later that she has. And there's degrees of sorting. Like you go from you put them in their piles of, you know, trees here, red or blue or however you do it. And then as you get to later in the puzzle um, where that's not quite as helpful, you can start doing it by shape of the piece, you know, like a four prong or a three prong or whatever it is That, that that's at least my system for puzzle organization. Or we should tell you, don't have, you don't have a system, but I, that's my system. If our listeners think that there's a, a horrible thunderstorm coming, it's our children are I know, what is happening thundering across the floor upstairs just above us. I, I think they're uh, sending a signal. Anyway, Michelle writes, good morning. I'm cracking up listening to you talk about the poop bags. As a reminder, I'm the dog mom to five dogs who walks them at least three to five times a week. In Steve's defense, those bags are a pain to open. My solution is to have them pulled apart and opened before the walk. It makes it so much easier when I'm trying to pick it up and hold two or three dogs. Rebecca, I've been meaning to ask you a question for a while after the Tennessee-Yukon game. I guess you have had some interactions with Pat Summit. What was your favorite interaction or the one that left the most impact on you? I have to admit I haven't been a huge Geno fan in the past. I always thought he was a great coach, but I appreciate him much more after the Tennessee-UConn game. It was evident that this game and his rivalry with Tennessee during the Pat Summit era was important to him by his halftime actions and his post-game interview. Thanks for keeping up the podcast during this time. Like everyone else, I'm working from home, and it's nice to listen to your podcast while working. Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Um. Pat Summit Pat memories. Pat Summit memories. Well, f- Tennessee did not recruit me. They um, they had the position filled by a player named Vonda Ward. Uh, she committed early, so I never even had phone conversations with Coach Summit. Um, and played against her twice my senior year. Didn't really have interactions with her then. But then as I started um, doing TV work, she was always phenomenal with me. And often I would call the UConn-Tennessee game. She would let me into shoot-arounds. She completely trusted me as an analyst and as a broadcaster. Some people can be weird on occasion. Oh, you went to UConn. We're playing UConn. So we can't let you watch the practice or any that kind of nonsense. I never dealt with any of that with Pat Summit. She was amazing, classy, wonderful. Sit down, would talk to us about the game plan, what they were trying to do, that sort of thing. Understood that at that point I was a professional trying to do my broadcast work. Anyway, a couple memories. Uh, One of them, I got a really lovely note from her, a handwritten card, just saying that she enjoyed uh, watching me on um, TV. I don't remember which uh, NCAA tournament it was following, but she wrote me a really nice handwritten note uh, at a time when people just don't do that anymore. 
And the second one was she spent a few years being a consultant with the Washington Mystics in the early years of the WNBA. And I was covering the WNBA again. This may have been uh, around 2005, maybe. And uh, it must have been 2005 or 2006. I think it's 2005. And there was a pre-draft camp in Westchester at the New York Knicks facility. And I went down there to watch some of these players play and to get ready um, for the draft. And Pat Summit was there because she was scouting. And um, I don't know why, um, but I had brought our infant with me at the time. It must have been our oldest. Because the alternative was, was to leave her with me. Yeah, the alternative was to leave her with you. So instead, I brought her to work with me. And I had her like in a baby Bjorn, you know, one of those carriers on the front of me. And Coach Summit came over and was, you know, coochie, coochie, cooing her and um, talking to me about my, my new daughter and um, was... You know, it was the side of her of a, a mom. Um, you she know, held her, what, as I recall. I think she may have. She was um, she was just wonderful to her. And uh, and my experience was always that she was wonderful to me, which I always appreciated. But then to see her kind of in a different light in this environment with this six-month-old, um, five-month-old probably at the time. Those were my two my And two I also remember um, when your mother passed away, this Tennessee, oh, that yeah. someone sent a huge... <laughs> Yeah, we were at the we were at the wake, and there before it started, and I just was walking like around the room. Degree day. What's that? It's like one hundred and five oh, degrees. So hot in the middle of July, and I was walking around the room. Nobody, you know, was there yet. Our family was just starting to get there as well, and there's all these flowers around the room, and I'm just reading the cards, and totally held it together, um, until I get to this one beautiful, huge bouquet with condolences from Pat Summit and Tennessee Lady Vols. And for whatever reason, that just made me start bawling. I don't know why it was that one. It was just so, it was really touching, but nothing but absolutely wonderful and fond memories of Coach Summit. And uh, as far as uh, not having been a big fan of Gino in the past, that's you can... Uh, you can attest that, that me or Coach Summit? No, no, no. Our our, our letter writer. Oh, our letter yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's the genuine side of him that she sees in in his interviews. You know. Oh yeah, it was it was really remarkable. Holly Rowe and I spent probably twenty minutes um, after the shoot around, uh, the day of the Tennessee game. After you kind of finished our shoot around, you know, we talked to Coach about the game, and people kind of went away, and it was just me and Holly, and 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 Holly um, has a great relationship with Coach Orama, and she's just started asking him questions about the rival and about Pat Summit, and he was just speaking to us in a way that I haven't heard him talk before about that rivalry, and, and that's what came through in some of Holly's reports in that game and in the post-game interview. He, Coach Remick certainly had a real fondness for Coach Summit, and, um, and I think they had a real fondness for one another, and um, even when things got a little bit weird when she you know, stopped the rivalry, I think there was an underlying, certainly an underlying respect and, and um a fondness that he had for her and uh anyway whatever she saw from him in in that game was 100 percent genuine we've just got a couple more here um teresa the critter sitter uh writes hello rebecca and steve from tr the critter sitter your resident pet sitter first i want to thank you for continuing the podcast each wednesday morning it gives us something to look forward to thank you uh, as a pet sitter, I'm not busy now. My pet clients are now home with their pet parents. I know they're happy, which means your beautiful dog is extremely happy as well. She's ecstatic to be getting more walks. I think that oh, is definitely question. true. She's, she's living the life. Um, you just shut me down today when I suggested that our son take her for a walk on his hoverboard. That wasn't going to end well for anybody. Probably not. 
I mean, he takes her on his scooter, but he has more control of that. No, no, he's not taking her on his hoverboard. Um, When I first started walking dogs, right, uh, the critter sitter, I had trouble with opening those doggy poop bags. See? So, Steve, I know how you feel. Now I get them ready before I need them by making my fingers wet so I can open them. I think it's awesome that your son has no issues with scooping poop. So there we go. That's that's we've learned something. I never considered before going on the walk, opening the bags because yes, they it helps if your fingers are a little wet. We're I am a better dog walker now. I'm a better human being. Absolutely because of our our listeners. And this theme so show really I mean an unintentional theme show of dog poop really seemed to bring our our listeners together, um, only because Doctor Siegel writes. Um, Ball and Chain Podcast, this is the header, where dog do and medical science meet. Let's hear so it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hanging I'm on every word as what well. So let's see where this goes. Dear Rebecca and Steve, the most recent episode regarding the difficulty with which Steve was having while trying to pick up doggy do has motivated me as one of your medical correspondents to offer this public service announcement, PSA, to your viewers. A bit of medical science background is germane. Chromosomes are made up of thousands of genes. Mom genes, J-E-A-N-S, are not involved in any regard during this <laughs> lesson. On any given chromosome, such as the X or Y ones, there are A-L-L-E-L-E-S, alleles, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing that, which are variations of a single gene, which may or may not be advantageous. Some are disadvantage- disadvantageous and cause disease. Some single gene disorders, such as cystic fibrosis, fibrosis are caused by a, a deleterious allele. It's clear to medical science and all husbands that women with two X chromosomes carry pretty much the genetic ability to do just about everything save father a child. On the other hand, men with only one X chromosome may not have a full complement of genes necessary to function successfully in many areas. I have a feeling that uh, this isn't going to end well for me, Rebecca. Personally, along with many of the male viewers and our host, I've had trouble opening poop bags. Clearly, Steve's allele for this skill is not the favorable one, although if he had a few more X alleles on his Y chromosome, he would be able to open the poop bags. The bottom line may be that Steve may well be advised to get in touch with his feminine side in order to master poop bags. By the by, the way, I must have some the wrong allele to deal with kitchen cling wrap, such as Saran, he <laughs> even includes the registered trademark, or Glad, as those are evil products that perplex me to this day. Dr. Siegel, I am with you 100% on that. Is there any way of getting the Glad or Saran wrap on the leftover container without it bunching up, yes, rolling over. Yes, there is. And, there and, isn't. All, and all women can do it until the men try to do it and then screw up the whole roll of the wrap. Even even, 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 even like, pulling it out yes, in one sheet and yeah. then cutting it on that on that inadequate uh, razor edge box yeah. thing doesn't really work for me. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. Well, uh, I hope this tiny bit of education to our fine viewers will offer insight into what must be seen, especially during these times as a first world problem. All the best, Gary, with two R's. Thank you, Dr. Siegel, as always. Uh, Rebecca, I, I think we've we've touched on another um, on another great divide here, and that is, we'll have to save it for another podcast, but that is the cling wrap. Um, the cling wrap conundrum? The cling wrap conundrum is sort of like the phase 10 variant, yes. Yes. But, uh, but I do like that header where dog poop and, and science... Meet. That's that's a good it's a good description of our podcast. Finally, <laughs> uh, Jerry with a J this time. We had Jerry with a G send us the the puzzle cartoon. Our, our last viewer mail is from Jerry with a J. He just writes appreciation. Hi Rebecca and Steve. Thank you for continuing the show. I'm a superintendent of schools in. Um, New York State, and our world has been turned upside down with the COVID-19 crisis. I've listened to all of your episodes and especially love them now while on my walks after work. One thing that's really hit home for me during this crisis is how schools really are the centers of a community. Absolutely. 
Uh, New York hasn't closed schools for the year yet, but I fear that will probably happen. I would understand if the governor did close, but would be heartbroken for our juniors and seniors who would miss out on so much, just as we were talking earlier. Uh, I'm also the father of a junior in high school. We're trying to figure out how to honor our senior athletes and all of our graduates. Perhaps the two of you could talk about some ideas that you're hearing from schools in your region. Thanks again for a great podcast, Jerry with a J. Uh, Jerry, thank you, and um, uh, best of luck to your school district. We have uh, our schools, I think, we have four kids in two different schools, and I think both schools have done a fantastic job during this. Um, but not only with the education part, but they're creating, uh, for want of a better phrase, motivational videos. And the, the, the elementary the kids- school did a beautiful. They asked families to send in Easter greetings or that sort of thing, and it's a Catholic school, so on Easter Sunday they sent out a video um, that had been on YouTube that or they that they made they made and put to YouTube so you could watch it. And it was a bunch of kids in the community and teachers with their well wishes. They've done a great job on social media, having parents send in pictures of the kids in their learning environments and what they're doing. But our kids get a kick out of seeing their friends or other kids in the school, and it certainly has done a really good job. Um, keeping that community together as as our daughter's high school as well they've done a variety of things they've even done a fitness challenge for the parents um, and made it competitive to help the freshmen sophomores juniors and seniors earn points towards something they're really i think and and social media allows this but they're really doing a good job continuing to foster community the high school um, uh, drama club was supposed to put on i think it was the sound of music was the big spring Musical? Was it Sound of Music or Mary Poppins? I, I, maybe it was Mary Poppins. I don't know. It was, was one of those. It, it was, it Julie was, Andrews is getting it all messed up it, in my exactly. brain. Exactly. They, obviously, they were unable to do that. And um, they had a Zoom call with all of the kids in that, in the drama uh, students, and with um, Laura Michelle Kelly, who plays Mary Poppins on Broadway and in the West End of London. And how cool was that? And, it's amazing. And I, I don't know who or how they set that up, but um, so they've done they've done great things in terms of graduation and honoring athletes. Uh, it's important that those things get done, whatever way um, you know schools can come up with I mean, it. They but, can't figure it out until they know what the time frame is. Is it going to be you know late spring? Is it going to be summer? Is it going to be have to be something that's pushed off till next Thanksgiving break when kids are coming home from college? We don't know, but. Um, but yeah, schools have, have done a great job. Teachers have done a great job, and we appreciate them all. So everybody continue to stay well, I guess, if you are. As well as you are. It's when, Whenever I text somebody, I'm like, are you safe, healthy, and sane? Because the sane part, I think, is just as uh, challenging as the other two, if not more so. so uh, and we will continue to keep you fully uh, abreast of nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> We will continue to be the place where dog poop meets medicine. Science, medical science. Medical science. Until then. Until then. Tom, Dick, and Hari. Please. Por favor, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fat. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. 
Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test Androgynous and ambiguous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane